Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to another episode of the Ark of Thoughts podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about reading and the benefits of reading. Uh, what we want to talk about, Kasim, is um, different styles of maybe reading um, and maybe like some tips and tricks to sort of absorb uh, the contents of what a person might be reading, uh, especially if they're reading nonfiction. Um, but I think before we get into all of that, we want to start off by talking about just the benefits of reading and reading within the society at the moment as well. Um, but before we do, uh, please do hit the like button below. Do subscribe to our channel to follow follow our journey and do share this content with your friends and family if you are enjoying the content. So, Kasim, let's get into it. Um, reading, it seems to be like a skill or a pastime, uh, which seems to be, I could say, dwindling. Um, within the youth, within young adults. Um, I think there's two aspects to sort of reading. I'm sure probably many more. Yeah. <laughs> but the two as- there's two sides to it. Reading can be like a pastime where a person is reading for the sake of enjoyment um, or just for the sake of passing time. Or on the other hand, a person could be reading for the sake of education, to educate themselves, um, to learn about a particular topic, whatever, whatever it may be. I think in both aspects... Um, reading seems to be decreasing um, within, within the youth. Neither do we read for the sake of pastime because essentially we're spending our pastimes in, in other things, um, Netflix, um, Amazon, um, generally TV or movie-based. Or on the other hand, we're also not reading for the sake of learning things as well. Um, that can be down to a whole variety of reasons. We might be getting our information from elsewhere. or it could just be that we not, we don't have the desire to educate ourselves in the way that maybe previous generations did. Yeah. Um, I just want to provide a, a statistic um, just to shed a bit of light on this as well. So there was a study done by, uh, well, the, the figure that I've got it from is um, readingagency.org.uk. And they say that in England, 31% of adults don't read in their free time rising to 46% of young adults, which is basically anybody aged between the ages of 16 to 24. So almost half of young adults uh, don't read at all in their free time. Um, and that's like a really interesting fact. That, oh, worrying. Yeah, that half of us, so, you know, two people they see down the street, one of them is most likely not reading at all within their pastime. I don't mean they spend all of their pastime reading, but just spending a portion of their pastime, their free time, whatever it may be, um, actually reading. And it is a bit worrying because the reason is not just because reading as a pastime is beneficial, but reading provides a lot of skills, um, a lot of insights that these people who are not reading are not benefiting from. I don't know, what's, what's your thoughts, Kasim? After hearing that start, what, what comes to your mind? One thing for me is that, yeah, it's true, our society doesn't read as much as it should. And this reflects in, let's just say the sort of daily conversation that we have somebody. I'll give you a very like simple example. Me and you both like football. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if let's bring reading it here, and you're going to sit here, how are you going to bring it in? I'll bring it in. When you sit with somebody who enjoys football, who watches football, who plays football, there's a startling difference between that person who plays football and watches football than that person who also reads about football. 
Why? Because once you sit down and you're talking about tactics, for example, and you're talking about styles of play, styles of games, the way a certain manager sets up, okay, you you know that with only one or two people, you can have deep conversations about football. Why? Because the other person has read. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Intellectually, he understands football. Rather from the aspect of viewing football, in being in a crowd and watching on the TV and just from playing football, those people who read deeply about football, you, you understand that, well, this guy understands the game and he sees the game from a different perspective than I do. That's mm-hmm. just one example. And you, you see that you have such fruitful conversations with such a person. You might disagree on things. And even in football, you can appreciate what different managers do, what different teams do, how they set up. And then you understand that why football is such a complicated game and there's no one no, no one system of winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But that's because you sit with the person who's read. Rather than a person who doesn't read about football, the most thing you talk about is the scores and transfers. When you talk about something deeper about football, psychology of players, emotional state, what goes on behind the scenes, how they spend their time in the training camps, how money is set up, different managers have their styles, or you start to understand that the culture of football and how football actually works. Mm-hmm. So you, you you appreciate football even more. And reading is that skill which enhances this. And this is one example about football is when you want to talk to people about different aspects of society, you realise that because people, if they only watch those things which are on TV, which are being fed to them, Mm-hmm. they can't really hold uh, meaningful or fruitful conversations and you start to understand that I can't actually converse, converse with this person or something which is important if you were to bring up now an issue which is going on in the world most people wouldn't be able to talk with five minutes about it why? because they've not read they've mm-hmm. not actually educated themselves why? because reading in my opinion takes some sort of effort it's some strain on the brain and we're going to mention later on that it's a skill reading mm-hmm. but the more you do it the easier it gets mm-hmm. and you start to see the fruits of this when you converse with people you start to see just how intellectually aware this person is mm-hmm. Okay, so I just want to go through like some of the benefits that a person can get from reading. So I'm fe- I'm fairly sure like because of how stark that statistic is that we've already mentioned at the start, there are going to be many of the people who view this video who unfortunately don't read. But that's then I mean, the statistic is there. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to do here is try to encourage everybody to read. Okay, um, and I want to get into like the benefits first. Um, and then we're going to get into some of the other discussions that take place around reading, um, and then we'll carry on from there. So first thing is it develops mind, right? You end up becoming a broader person, and you end up becoming smarter and sharper. Um, Generally, I think that's irrespective of which genre or types of books that you read. Um, Because the thing is, let's say, for example, a person is reading fiction. They're following a story, and to follow that story, you need to be well aware painting mental images, um, you're, you're painting mental mental structures, settings, scenarios, um, and all of this is strengthening you in terms of your mental capacity. Essentially, the way that I see it is your brain and your mind is is like a muscle. Yeah. In the same, way that you, yeah, the same way that you train your bicep, for example, to uh, lift heavier and heavier weights, in the same manner you're training your, your brain and your mind to develop further and you're increasing your cognitive abilities. Um, so that's the first point, yeah? So developing the mind. Do you want to mention anything further about that? I want to mention it, in, but in a different sort of aspect or just a different sort of context that I saw it from. Uh, when I was in, uh, I would bring the example of Egypt because I experienced many things there. Uh, generally, in the Arab world, they read a lot more than we do in the Western world. That's mm-hmm. just part of their culture. You even see like an old person, he'd pick up books or he'll be going to the library to find books. Just to pass this time. Remember, even if you order food, the person some sometimes will ring you and he would just say, "Where's your flat? Where's your what's your billing number?" And I remember my friend pointed this out to me that we only had to tell this guy once, 
where we lived, our building number, and our flat number, and which floor we live on. And we told him once on the phone, and he memorized straight mm-hmm. away. And he goes, this indicates the fact that he is intellectually very sharp and very clever. Why? Because they have a system in the Arab world where they do tend to read a lot. That's obviously weakening as the years go on. Mm-hmm. But they read a lot more, and he goes, this is why their minds are very sharp. You can tell them something once, and they can remember. And to find a house or a flat in Egypt, I tell you, is something very, very hard, yeah? <laughs> But in England, for example, if you were to tell a kid something 10 times or a person 10 times, he'll have his phone, he'll have a Google Maps, and he'll still get to the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to say is it points out the fact that it does show up on your mind. Mm. It does make you alert. It does make you very, very clever. Yeah. And it does strengthen your mind in terms of retaining, retaining information. Yeah. Um, so the next point is the increasing of attention span and concentration. So I think what we tend to find is nowadays, we tend to have like very short attention spans and concentrations. And this is like a really interesting topic because like, like I'll give the example, right? Right now, everything that we're producing in terms of like these videos and stuff like that, we, we're putting onto YouTube, right? And there's the infamous, I'll say, YouTube algorithm. Yeah, the guy with the statistics, right? <laughs> Put <Yeah>. them out. <laughs> so there's the infamous like YouTube algorithm. And the whole thing is surrounding this right and attention spans and concentrations that if you don't capture your audience within the first minute first one and a half minutes we're amateurs man right um (laughs) but if you don't capture the attention span of your audience and you're not holding them to attention then you lose them yeah doesn't matter how awe-inspiring your content is you could be talking the most inspiring thing in the world or talking about the the thing which matters the most if you can't hold the attention of your individual then they're going to leave please don't leave the video (laughs) <laughs> but um the i mean the whole process of this goes to such an extent where the way that youtubers when they edit their videos they actually clip out between two parts like they might be making up two points right they will clip out the like half a second or a second worth of gap that exists between two points because that apparently leads to people losing their attention span right that's just crazy that we can't hold attention for uh, a sustained period of time. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to quote a particular length of time, right? But the fact that we can't hold our attention span for a sustained period of time is something that's worrying, you know, that in within a couple of minutes, you've already lost interest um, and you're already, your mind is wandering elsewhere. I think a couple of minutes is a bit long. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know, like, what do you think, Kasim? Attention spans and concentrations. Yeah, you can just see uh, basic skills when you talk to somebody, when you converse with somebody, how many people, when you have a face-to-face conversation, pull out their phone. I find that very, very rude. Mm-hmm. I find that very, very rude when you speak to somebody. Somebody speaking to you, you should have their full attention. And if you do have or do need to pick up a call, excuse yourself. Mm-hmm. How many people do you see when you talk to somebody, he's just on his phone? I just stop talking, personally, <laughs> because he's not listening. Yeah, And yeah. it's just, I just find that disrespectful, disrespect, but it just shows he's got no attention span. One buzz and he's away. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think we need to do an episode on like etiquettes and uh, common etiquette failures, shall we say. <laughs> we'll get into that, inshallah, another time. Um, the next sort of benefit of reading is like the discovery of new things and educating yourself in new areas. So when you're reading, um, you're broad, especially when you're broadening your horizons in terms of genres, topics uh, that you're reading about, you're going to be discovering new things. Um, you're going to be learning about new things that you've never come across before. And... That's interesting, man. Uh, so things like that should interest uh, yourselves, myself, Kasim, you as well, um, that we educate ourselves in, in in topics that we aren't well aware of at the moment, um, but we're broadening our horizons, broadening our minds about this. 
Um, I don't know, do you have an example of something that you've read about which is like completely off the scale that people wouldn't really associate with you? Of me? What can I say? I don't know about off the scale. Uh, I don't know, just reading different things. Just becoming a person that you can hold a conversation about different things. Like if you were to meet somebody randomly on the street, like just say nine out of ten times, you'd be able to talk to, you'd have something in common, or if you still talk about something, you'd be able to engage in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's, it just shows that a person is either well read or is well educated, or he's done so, some sort of education. Yeah. You know, he's not just uh, being fed whatever he's given. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you find many people, they can't talk about many things. They're just a few things they talk about, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% I agree on this, you know, because like, you have to be able to talk about like a wide variety of things. When you want to communicate with people, when you want to um, you know, establish connections, you can't just be like one track minded. You can't just have one thing that you're passionate about, for example, or one thing that you, you're constantly talking about and that's it. Like we all know people like that. We all know guys that all they talk about is football and that's it. You know, there's nothing else in their life. Um, I know we've used that as an example here, but please, and you know, we do have <laughs> other interests as well. Yeah, um, we do. <laughs> but yeah, so I think the next point is like developing our imagination. I think we've already sort of touched on this, like when we talked about developing our cognitive abilities, um, developing your imagination and your creative side, um, that also becomes a part of it as well. Um, because you're, you're constantly using your imagination to think up uh, these scenarios, these different settings. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much more to add on that. Um, there's developing your vocabulary, obviously. You're going to come across words that you don't know how to pronounce or um, you don't know what they mean. And that's where, you know, you have a dictionary by you or you do use your phone um, just to search for the word and, and find what it means um, or try to figure it out as well. But you are going to naturally develop your vocabulary the more that you're exposed to. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you've, a lot of the youth, uh, not to say this in a bad way, but the vocabulary is very limited. Mm-hmm. If you to bring... Just a not complicated term. Or somebody used to talk just in academic sense, they wouldn't be able to understand that's quite worrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, showing that they've not exposed them, themselves to that sort of literature. Yeah. Uh, they've just, yeah, it's, it's just, I think, of not picking up a book, not reading, not building them skills. And it keeps a person very limited, uh-huh. especially even when you go to jobs, interviews, stuff like that. One thing that people do pick up on is vocabulary, how you use language, how you basically portray yourself. Mm-hmm. And your oh, words okay. say a lot about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the last point is one that you, you want to mention. Um, I know that's, that's one that you really like to mention as well. Yeah. So I'll let you mention it. Yeah, just becoming a, a person with substance. That when, a person, when, when you talk about something, it's it, the worst thing is when somebody says, I heard this, or I heard this, uh, or I heard this. When somebody says, I read this, it holds a lot more substance. When he, and he says, okay, this is a book, this was the author, or this is maybe where I saw it, I gave the information if you ever wanted it. It just gives your talk a lot more substance. You know, when people say, I heard this, I heard this, it's very lazy. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, people don't narrate stuff in the best sort of manners. We have this thing in Islam, in our tradition, is that we don't just pass off information. We, we If something is authentic, then yeah, it gets passed on. If it's not authentic, we leave it. Mm-hmm. We don't have Chinese whispers. And I just don't like people to say, yeah, I heard this, I heard this. When somebody says, I've, I've read this, then I'm interested, you know, because it shows that a person, he's taken out some time, he actually has an interest in this and he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who do talk, but they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think like you end up like more as a rounded individual as well, Kasim. Um, the more that you eat, the more variety that you eat as well, um, you you benefit a lot in your land. Um, it's not everything that you're going to remember as well. You're not going to remember everything that you eat. Anybody who does remember that, they generally like on the higher end of the spectrum yeah. or far and few between. They're generally outliers in people. Um, and sometimes we get bogged down in that, being that, oh, I'm reading this book, but I'm not really going to remember everything. It's fine. It's fine if you don't remember everything, you know. Um, I, th- I was thinking maybe to mention this point later, but I'll mention it now, actually. Even, you know, if you don't remember everything in a particular book that you read, that's fine. There's no problem in that. As long as you're developing, like, a mental library of where you can refine this information in the future, you know. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we just need to become people who are just full of information and, and no substance, but... You know, you might read something in particular and you might find something interesting, but you've you've forgotten exactly the details of it, but you know where you can find it again, or you know where to go to find it again. Um, you know, like the you've already traversed the road once before, you just need to find yeah. find your way again. Um and I think that that's what it comes down to a lot. You know, that you're reading to to build this sort of mental library inside of your mind. You're creating like a palace of books. Um not just books, um, maybe even like magazine articles or whatever other type of literature that exists, poems as well, poetry. Um, but yeah, the next thing that I want to talk about, Kasim, is reading like fiction versus non-fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your view is on this. I've not, like, I've wrote the point. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your view is. I've not asked you. Um, it just depends. Are you reading with a purpose? Are you reading for pleasure? Are you reading because uh, it's a hobby? Whatever it is. Personally, mm-hmm. I think any sort of reading, reading is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to point out, Whatever you read does affect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the great things of reading, whether it's fiction, non-fiction, is that you have the ability to tap into people's thoughts and ideas and minds, which is an amazing thing. Because mm-hmm. you may not have met this person, but you can access his mind now. Why? Because he's put them thoughts down onto paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can maybe go back 100 years and understand the society. 150 years, we can go to the other side of the world and somebody's written something that we can understand the society. Mm-hmm. One of the benefits of reading. But yeah, fiction, non-fiction, personally... Don't really have a problem with people as long as people are reading. Mm-hmm. I find reading is just beneficial. Remember, mm-hmm. I, I remember one person saying, he said that even if you read books about food, it'll benefit you in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Read, just he said, just read, just read it. Try not to just stay away from your phones. Just read whatever you read. It'll benefit you in some sort of way. It will come and help you like <laughs> somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, um, I'm on the same page as you. you know, fiction or non-fiction, whatever it may be, read. It's going to be beneficial. Um, you know, even if it comes down to that you're just reading stories or whatever it may be, their stories have complexity. They have um, a lot of imagination behind them, a lot of thought that that you require. You know, following characters, following scenes, following different storylines. Um, I think I think it's still beneficial. Um, and uh, the, the next part that I wanted to mention was also buying secondhand books. And one of the stories that I give about that is one of my like favorite books that I have is like this leather bound and I was meant to bring it on but I completely forgot. Um but I have like a, a leather bound um collection of Sherlock Holmes uh stories. The best of Sherlock Holmes I think it's called. Um leather bound, really nice cover. And I picked it up for ninety nine P. Um from I think it was Bernardo's charity in town. Okay. Um just inside the Morrison's complex. Um but ninety nine P absolute bargain man. Okay. I love that book. Fantastic condition as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, buy secondhand books. Um, no harm in doing that. Um, 
that's another thing I want to talk about. When you visit somebody's house and they have a library. Yeah. Like, I'm interested. Like yeah. whenever if I go to somebody's house and I see that this guy's got a library, I automatically go to the library and want to see what he's got. Mm-hmm. One of my friends you would you would do this, like if you went to somebody's flat and the person would have a library, you would just like go like, oh, what you're reading at the moment, okay, you got this genre, you're reading like for example history, you're reading literature, you're reading poetry, what you're reading. And it's just it's interesting. Once you delve into that world it's it's a different sort of feeling. And yeah. I'm always, I'm always like amazed by people who have libraries in the houses. And like that, that one of my dreams is that when I get my own house and stuff, like I'm gonna have one, like one room. It's just gonna be like a library, sort sort of reading room. Mm-hmm. And it just is one of the things that that's one of like our aspirations. People might think, oh, that's sad, but it's because they don't understand. But mm-hmm. yeah, it really amazes me when people have their own libraries. It's like amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hundred <laughs> percent. I always have this idea as well that when I grow up, I want to have like a, a bookshelf for a. I don't know if I'll ever get to the point of having a full book full of rooms. Mm. Um, let's see what happens. But definitely to start off with like a bookshelf um, and to have a bookshelf, a bookcase in in your in your living room or wherever it may be. And you have books, you know, like and I think the fantastic thing is, and I've, I've noticed it having a bookcase myself, that when guests come over, it might be that I need to nip away. For example, it might be that I'm going to go get them a drink or give them some snacks or something. So... And people gravitate towards the bookcase. Mm. You know, they'll walk to the bookcase. They'll, they want to see. I do it in your house. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and they want, they want to see what I'm reading. And like, I have like a little section of the bookcase where the current books I'm reading at that point, um, that's where them particular books go. And people will, will gravitate across and, and they'll want to know, okay, well, what am I reading? What am I reading about? Um, and it generates conversation. And it, it generates interesting conversation. Um, I think that's the point. Um, I think the next sort of point that I wanted to mention alongside that, and I sort of just touched upon it now, was I read books at a time, not a book at a time. Mm-hmm. And for me, I used to have this thing where I used to feel a bit ashamed of not reading a book cover to cover, where I might pick one particular book up and I'll start reading that and then I'll, I'll mind out. It's not that I will, I'll get bored of it. But I'll just be like, okay, I want to try, I want to look at something else alongside. And I'll pick that up and I'll start that. And then I might pick a third. I might have like five, six books going at the same time. Inshallah, the goal is always to finish all of them. But I won't read one book cover to cover. And I used to like find a bit of shame in that. Mm. Not going to lie. Um, but I've gone past that now. For me, um, the way that I see it is any reading is beneficial. Even if I don't finish that book, mm. it's fine. It's not the end of the world. Um, if I'm reading multiple books at a time, Again, it's fine. Like, I might be reading about different things. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'm trying to think. I think I'm reading like three different books. Mm-hmm. I want, yeah, I've got, I've got three books on the go at the moment. Um, I don't, I don't find anything harmful in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing to that's really interesting is like the Islamic tradition of reading historical books. I, I just find this like amazing. I don't. Probably from my limited capacity, right? But I don't find um, other communities, other faith groups as well, maybe, or other societies, whatever it may be, reading books, reading historical books. Um, and we'll, we'll find this like regularly. Like you go into my bookcase and, you know, there might be translations because I don't have access to other languages. But I'm reading books that are written by scholars from hundreds of years ago. Um Throughout the entire Muslim Muslim era, obviously we have the Quran to begin with, and we have like the books of our Hadith which were early established. But there are books in my library that I'm reading from like across the ages. In fact, the three books that I'm reading right now, um, one of them is said to be authored around like the 
I think like the second century. Um, I think there's another book that's in like the eighth or the ninth century, and then the last one is written written within the last century. But that's just crazy to think about, and I just find that fascinating. That I'll go to a scholar, I'll go to somebody that's reading, and they're reading like historical books. That's amazing, man. That these books haven't just been consigned to a case or a or a shelf somewhere, and they're just collecting dust, and they're just there as like memorabilia. No, these books are being accessed and are being read, and even like now up to now as well. There's such a huge drive for like I know we've done the episode on on Arabic, but there's a massive, massive drive for these Arabic manuscripts to be translated into various different languages, or even just t- transcribed because like only one manuscript of that book exists. And they try to preserve that manuscript, and they want they want it to be published, but they need people who are fluent in the language that can that can transcribe it. Um, but I just find that fascinating, man. Like that's just beautiful, man. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. The first revelation for a Muslim was uh, Iqra, not to read. Mm-hmm. You know, even Prophet he was commanded to read. And I've heard like many scholars say that a Muslim who doesn't like reading, there's deficiency inside him. Mm-hmm. You, know, you hear many Muslims today, they say that No, we don't like reading, it's boring It's one of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That a person, he should seek knowledge, he should mm-hmm. read And he should educate himself mm-hmm. You know, And you will find societies in the world Where they, there's this uh, there's this culture of reading And this culture of uh, Debating But in a healthy manner mm-hmm. On books that they've read And of different uh, uh, viewpoints standpoints. Even in the past hundred years, if you go to the Arab world and you, you see the debates which took place. I'm not going to mention some people now and be like, who are you on about? If you go to Arabic, you understand like Doha Hussein, Mahmoud Shakir, Sadiq Rafi, these sort of people. There were debates about uh, poetry and Quran and Arabic. And it's fascinating that these scholars, like, they went to such heights. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I remember one of my friends, he was studying in Egypt and he, he wanted to get into Azhar because that was his dream. But then he also had been offered an unconditioned place in Medina. So I said to him, why don't you just go to Medina and be good for you? He goes, I have my, book, I have my uh, bookcase here in my library. He goes, I can't be bothered moving it. <laughs> he goes, I'd rather just stay here. I remember he was reading one TA, uh, uh, he was just reading on his phone because he got access to like different sort of books. And you've seen that in Baghdad, uh, when, when the Mongols came, the amount of libraries, you know, that they ravished and you know, destroyed. And he, he was like, like, he was actually, he was generally sad about the amount of knowledge and books that were lost, you know. And this is rich in our tradition that you know yeah. a Muslim should read. Even I remember one of uh, I remember Hamza Yusuf. You mentioned that when he was in Mauritania, that the normal people on the street they would they would be having debates about this would be their pastime or something to find enjoyment in in the rules of grammar. Mm-hmm. This was just lay people, and he said this is when you have an educated society. Look at our society today; they're discussing what's on TV most of the time. It's it's just garbage. It's mm-hmm. you know nobody's going to remember it in ten years, in five years, in one in, in a month. Nobody's going to remember it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, these books have stood the test of time. They have meaning behind them. They have a purpose. You know, there's there's a reason why something stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's authentic. That's yeah. the only that's the only thing it is. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and fruitful discussion, Kasim. Um, I think what I want to sort of finish up on now is different tips and tricks for reading and how to read maybe and they sound like a really stupid thing to say right how to read but it's really really important um there are many scholars that will tell us that there are ways in which books should be read and there are different reading styles of how to read i'm not just talking about oh yeah this word says um wood or i don't know whatever the word may be we're talking about like how to actually read a piece of text custom what sort of hints, tips, tricks do you have um, for how to read? 
how to be first thing you come down to purpose mm-hmm. what you're doing yeah uh if you're gonna how do i say it? if you're gonna be learning something mm-hmm. and you re- want to retain information my personal opinion from what my own experience is to read slow okay and to take a page at a time yeah not to overwhelm yourself we mentioned this in our week podcast the purpose is not to complete a book but to learn how to read a book mm-hmm. like if you can read the hardest pages inside the book then you can read the rest of the book yeah, yeah. you understand what i mean uh, and these are you need to be taught certain skills to do that in terms of uh, using a dictionary Mm-hmm. In terms of understanding phrases, in terms of understanding sentences, in terms of understanding of a uh, uh, author sort of point of view, and uh, actually absorbing that. Mm-hmm. Once you've done that, if you've learned maybe ten pages, the ten of the hard ten of the hardest pages inside the book, the rest of the book will become easy for you, mm-hmm. rather than reading loads and not absorbing anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think the next thing that I sort of wanted to talk about is different methods of actually reading itself um you may be reading for the like you mentioned for the sake of like studying in which case you need to read um with a much higher attention span and you need to read slower but at the same time you might be reading um different ty- types of text where you need to scan the text a lot quicker so learn how to scan a text uh learn how to scan through a book as well uh, you don't have to read a word a book word for word so there are some people who sort of i mean like if you're reading slowly you're normally you're tracking both with your with your head movements as well as your eye movements across the page with each word um whereas you might choose to to scan rather you're holding your your head in one position and you're scanning with your eyes uh, there are some who even suggest that you can basically stare at the middle of a page i'm not talking about the middle of a book i'm talking about the middle of a page and you can you sort of read through your peripherals reading the edge of the sentence and you're reading the middle of the sentence and, and going through quickly. Um, another method is also just using your finger to keep a track of the line. Mm-hmm. And you can read, like you're, you're basically, you're laying your finger pass over the book, over the page, and you're reading quickly um, through that. There are times when you do need to read quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, other times when you need to read slowly. So knowing which type of reading are you going to use for this particular book. Um, like I mentioned about scanning through a text as well. And what's really important is when you actually start a book, um, if it's fiction, you don't want to spoil the story, mm-hmm. right? But if it's non-fiction, you might choose to just like flick through a couple of the chapters first, just to sort of get a gauge, um, so you know what's coming. And I, I tend to do that. Like I'll pick up a book on first time, just beforehand, contents page, maybe look at the index, look at a few chapters in between and stuff, and then start. Um, the other thing is you might be just interested in a particular chapter. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you know, if you just want to read about a particular chapter, then go for it. Um, utilize that contents page that's been given and, you know, actually uh, get, you yeah, get to the point. Get to the point. Um, any other particular things that you want to mention uh, beyond that? We mentioned earlier, the more you read, the easier it becomes mm-hmm. and the better you shop in the skill. Yeah. But you, there's a, you just have to stop. Mm-hmm. and the best advice would be maybe read just a page a day yeah, yeah. just do daily reading for five minutes and then like any other skill it'll build up slowly slowly mm-hmm. you know don't start to read and master a vast amount just read a little bit yeah. and this is a skill which you develop and as it develops you need, you'll develop enjoyment for it as well mm-hmm. that's just what, what i want to add mm-hmm. i think the last two sort of um, tips that i have is i use a lot of like these sticky notes just to like reference uh, different parts of a book. I might have read something interesting, so I'll leave a sticky note on that particular page. Um, I hate people who fold corners of a book. Oh. Either get a bookmark or use one of these sticky sticky tabs, mm. right? Um, the other thing is like using markers or highlighters uh, to highlight portions of text. I'm a big fan of doing things like that. Obviously, if you don't <laughs> make any marking, right? 
Um, and the other thing is like, um, we call it in Arabic, the word is hashia, making notes in the margins. Um, you'll find like scholars who make notes inside of their personal copies in the margins and to such an extent that these notes are so rich and dense that even the margins get published yeah, yeah. Um, later on in life, which is just crazy to think about. But yeah, like make notes inside the margin as well, just to help facilitate your understanding of, of what you're reading as well. Um, I, another final tip that I've actually just remembered, I didn't make a note of this, but I remember a scholar told me this. He said, on the inside cover of your book, make a note of anything important or interesting that you come across with a page number reference. So let's say you read about X particular thing, you read about Einstein's theory of relativity, relativity, relativity. Um, and it was on page 136 of the particular book that you were reading and you found an interesting snippet um, that you wanted to make a note of. Then on the inside cover, the front inside cover, you just write page 136, um, Einstein's theory of relativity, and then whatever the important particular point that, that was being addressed. And now when you want to come back to the book in the future, you'll come back to that book and you can look in the inside cover and you remember, okay, this is what interested me, this is what interested me, this is what interested me. Uh, and I can skip right to the page. So you're making like a little contents page for yourself yeah. again as well. I'll um, be honest, uh, I'm quite lazy. I use, if I'm going to, if I, whichever book I'm reading, I'll open up a Google Docs mm-hmm. and I'll just uh, type whatever one on there. Because yeah. yeah, for me, I don't like highlighting stuff because mm-hmm. if I want to give it away, mm-hmm. sometimes I might ruin it for another person, like the book. So I, I'm just very lazy to open Google Docs, any information type here, hopefully Google, like it doesn't, the yeah. servers don't go down and stuff. And it just means I can access it anywhere. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so that's uh, Kassin's final hint and tip, inshallah. Um, hope you enjoyed this uh, today's video. Um, please do tell us about the books that you're reading at the moment. If you have any particular book that you're reading that really interesting, uh, that you think would be beneficial for us, that we'd enjoy as well, then please leave that inside of the comments below as well. Um, as always, Jazakallah for listening uh, and we'll see you in the next episode, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa